Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast for UFC Vegas 81. Our main event is Sadiq Youssef taking on Edson Barbosa. I'm Sniper Monk out this week. We've got a special fill-in. My friend, the, the I'm going to say arguable goat because I know you'll deny it. And this way you can't deny that shit. The arguable goat of MMA DFS, Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Joe, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so I'm giving I'm I'm giving this new look a roll. Um, these sunglasses. There's actually a quick backstory. Uh, a friend of mine, his wife worked at Google, and I got hooked up. My or I should say my daughter got hooked up with a Google tour uh, of their New York offices, which was so incredibly cool. Um, swag bag, Googler for the day. So these are official Google sunglasses that I am wearing for the first time. That were that was in the Google swag bag, so I'm kind of giving yeah. it a giving it a roll. If you're looking at me, does it like scan my face and you can see all of my search history? Because I need to delete some shit. Then. <laughs> all right, we got Yusuf and Barboza down to eleven fights. Let's start there. If you haven't heard, Lacerda and Chiras is off. Rodriguez and um, Salmon. Oh God, and Salmon uh, and Simon are. Still on as of now, despite Christian Rodriguez. Uh, this will be his last fight at Bantamweight. They're going to make that dude fight at Featherweight. He missed his weight by four pounds today. Uh, weighed in at 140. Fight is still on as of now, but I mean, let's keep our eyes on it so we don't get Iwan Kutalaba again. Yeah, by the way, how tilted were you by that? That actually destroyed me. I was, see, I was okay because I've kind of moved. I played a bunch of just the way my schedule's been. I played a bunch of cash and I didn't play that fight in cash games. So I was okay. I had, you know, a single, and what annoyed me is that my single, one of my, not my single entry, my three entry maxes, one of them, I still finished third in a small GPP, and I would have won a qualifier ticket if Kut, that, that is with a zero in it with Kutalaba. If Kutalaba fights and wins, I get a qualifier seat, probably win some GPPs. So I wasn't tilted until, and it had, I was okay because it's, it's uh, I went two Grant Dawson, one Bobby Green. Oh. And it was the Bobby Green lineup. And then when he got the knockout, I started looking. I'm like, motherfucker, this is going to suck. Well, I'll tell you what. I still would have won money if Green didn't get nuked. Because I didn't play a lot of lineups. And I did play Linz and Cash, but so did, I think, a lot of people. Right. That's so why I, was... I, I, you know, it really didn't hurt me all that much. And I got a very fortunate decision with Demopolis. A very fortunate decision. So, so I think, okay. Yeah, and that was a bad decision. It really was. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I that was honestly the probably the worst slate I've had all year in in MMA. It was so bad. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, Dawson would get nuked like that? Um, really bad. It's what it is what it is. But let's move on to a good slate. Yes. We got this one. Let's let's turn the page before we get started, guys. Hit the like button. I want to make this one of the most viewed episodes. I got Joe here. Hit the like button. I'll try to get a new high for likes and views. Thank you to everyone who does that. Make sure you join the DFS Army for more picks, plays, cheat sheets, optimizers, all that good stuff. Those links are down below. That'll be enough of the intro for now. Let's go ahead and let's jump into the main event. I don't make people wait. Let's talk Super Sadiq Yusuf. He's minus 165. He's 8,700 on DK. Taking on Edson Barbosa. He's plus 140, 7,500. Joe, you want to go first? You are the guest. Yeah, I'll go first. Thank you. Yeah, I um, it's honest. I, you know, I flip flopped on this. Like earlier in the week, mm-hmm. I was on Yusuf, and I I thought prior to the Billy Q fight, I thought Barbosa was washed. I honestly did. Um, 
you know, and and again, I have a I have a place in my heart for Barbosa because he's <laughs> one of the th- his fight against uh, Dan Hooker was one of the three worst beatings I've ever seen due to leg kicks. You know, there was Gutierrez against Vince Morales, who you know literally knocked got knockdowns from leg kicks, and there was Lorenz Larkin against Neil Magny, and then Barbosa, who literally finished Hooker standing with leg kicks to the gut. So I love Barbosa. He's fought the who's who at 155. He's now down to 145, and he is shredded at 145. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. By the way, get ready to see a lot more fighters look like that. Yeah, well, yeah, with the, just the, Sean is hinting at the non-renewal of the USADA contract that runs through the end of the year. But, um, man, does he look shredded. Um, so that... And the fact that Yusuf, as much as I love his pod game, um, has been pretty inactive. And honestly, just looking at his level of competition, not exactly stellar. So at 7.5K, um, I really like Barbosa here. I, I think this fight is going to be a stand-up fight. <coughs> I don't really see um, – I don't see Yusuf going for takedowns. I think he – in his entire UFC career, he has one takedown. Um so that would be the way to get to Barbosa, um, you know. But I, I seven point five k. I mean, look, both of these fighters are playable, right? At their salaries, you got you know, Bar- you got Yusuf who's at the higher end of the mid range, and you've got Barbosa at seven point five k. But if you if you start your lineups or your builds with Barbosa, and put one more dog in there, which we'll talk about later, which I think is going to be very popular. That opens up so many possibilities, um, you know, for the slate, even even down to 11 fights. So I'm going to officially pick Barbosa, but I do generally, you know, I don't like to target fights that I know are going to be striking based. But I, I honestly can see a finish here. I, I really can. So I'm going to take Barbosa. And if he wins a striking based decision, it's going to be a lot more palatable at 7.5K than it would be with Yusuf at what, 8.6? Uh, 8.7, I believe. 8.7. Yeah, so I agree with you that I flip-flopped. I'm, I landed on the Yusuf side, and it's mostly because I can't trust an aging striker like Edson Barbosa. I'm not saying he's totally washed. I just think Yusuf is good. Yes, he's been inactive, but he's got that kind of pressure style. It's also weird in that usually striker versus I, – I don't know if I would call you – know, Edson style has a lot of kicks. A kicker, a, a, kick, a kicking-based striker versus a boxer, I usually take the kicking-based guy. But I think Yusuf is going to be aggressive enough. I just see him landing something, landing the bigger strikes throughout the fight. And I can't pick an aging Barbosa. It's really what, what it comes what's down the to. Range? I know Barbosa has got a, a range uh, advantage. Do you, do you have that in front of you at all? I don't have it in front of me, but it's easy enough to pull up. Yeah, so I, I thought that. Like, I think, and again, would you agree on that as you get older, like your, your offensive speed diminishes – slower yeah. than your defensive ability. Um, I would agree with that. It's your reactions. So yeah. uh, Barbosa's got a four-inch reach advantage. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty significant. I think if he could, and, and as shredded as he is, I think he could keep this fight on the outside. And again, I, I don't, look, I think your pick is fine. I, I, I also think, think if we get to the later rounds, I think Yusuf will have more in the tank and kind of that forward pressure will wear down Barbosa, I think. Could Again, very it's well be. I mean, I'd love to understand why. I mean, I know he's been injured a lot, but look how few fights he's actually had. I think seven in his UFC career in what five years? 
he has not had a lot of fights. Like, sure. I don't know how he's making money. Um, but Podcast game, man. I guess so, um, yes. Pod game is pretty cool. For those of you who don't, don't know, he does a really funny picks video. Um, you know, so he's kind of cool if you want to check that out sometime. But so you're on one side, I'm on the other. But we, I think we both agree it's a decent fight to target. You've got the five it's, rounds potentially. It's not. I, I can't say it's a very strong pick for me at all. And I will say in cash games, go ahead, stack it up in cash games if you want to. I don't think it's a bad fight. Because honestly, if there were 14 fights in this card, I would say probably stay away. But there's 11 and not a ton of spots. You've got some really ugly 9K fighters. I would just say stack it up and make your plays elsewhere um, is where I'm leaning right now. But see how the lineup's going. You can play both sides in, in GPPs, obviously, because it's not a strong pick. Let's talk co-main event of the evening, Viviani Arujo. Arujo? Arujo. Plus 130 to 7,700 on DK. Taking on Jennifer Maya. Minus 155. 8,500 on DraftKings. Uh, this one is me, unfortunately. Because I say unfortunately because Joe's the women's MMA guy. I don't – you know, I'm taking the dog here, and it's mostly because Jennifer Maya's good. But just to me, there's never anything special about her. And I just feel like Arujo is the type of fighter who's improving. Can Maya stop? T- I think really what it comes down to is I think Arujo is more likely to land the more significant strikes and more likely to have the grappling. Whereas Maya, if she has her way, it's going to keep this fight, I think, at distance. And it won't be terribly exciting. And even if she wins, I'm not super excited on the DraftKings side. Um, I actually think there's more value both in the betting side and the DK side. On the Arujo side, just because she could grapple, more likely to land a bigger shot. And I think she's kind of on the come up where I'm expecting Jennifer Maya to kind of decline a little bit. I got stronger takes further down on this card, I promise. But the main and co-main, I don't have a huge, this is what I'm thinking. I will say, in terms of bets and the picks, I will say the strongest take of mine between the main and the co-main event is that Arujo is a way better fantasy play than Maya is, regardless of fight outcome. So that's what I got for the co-main, not terribly in-depth breakdown there but luckily i got joe here what do you got yeah i mean look i i I will start this analysis by saying that there are several women's fights on this card and there are several that would score very high on my v matrix this is not one of them um i I pretty much agree with everything you said i mean um maya's kind of okay well actually better than okay i mean she was former invicta champion actually took a round off val um you know, it was not a good look for Arujo in her last fight, which had me initially leaning on the Maya side. I did not, I did not like how she gassed in her last fight. And oh, by the way, how is Martinez Yanez not the co-main event? I don't understand how this is the co-main Great event. Fight. Makes no sense. I mean, um, so I have a pretty strong opinion for that one coming up too. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you here on the dog. I mean, it's kind of like dog or pass. And also, I believe that. Coming off of two losses, Arujo's got her back up against the wall here. She's not Ashley Yoder pretty, who is, I'm calling Caitlin Curran 2.0, who the UFC is keeping around forever because of, you know, check her out at weigh-ins. You know, so when you're not like that, when you're not a pretty girl, you're not going to get as many fights um, or as many losses, I should say. It's just fact. I mean, I'm not not stating anything that, you know, is not true. Like, that's why Caitlin Curran got so many fights in the UFC. It wasn't because she was good. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with the dog here as well. So what, what you're saying is Daniel Lacerda is incredibly attractive. 
I don't know what's going on there. You might have some pictures of somebody. He definitely does. Similar to Ashley Yoder, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But for now, we've got the fight that we kind of just teased. It's a really, really good one. Jonathan Martinez, Adrian Yanez. It's a pick minus 110 apiece. Martinez, you get a slight discount on DraftKings, 8,000 for him. Yanez, 8,200. I think probably, honestly, I'm probably looking forward to this one more than the main event. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I like this fight the most of the card. I kind of wish we had five rounds of this one. Um, Great. What do you got for this, Joe? Yeah, so... For those of you who are students of history um, and, and the presidency, you probably heard of Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge was also known as Silent Cow. And a very attractive female reporter said <laughs> her male colleagues that she could get who were to say, she, she could get Calvin Coolidge to say more than two words. And they, they had a big bet going and she walked up to Calvin Coolidge and tried flirting with him and said, I bet all my male colleagues that I could get you to say more than two words. And Coolidge responded with, you lose. Um, and Jonathan Martinez is the fighter version of Silent Cal in that he does not talk much. Um, and he's got a great winning streak going. And on the other hand, you got Yanez, who was propped up too soon, in my opinion, to fight Rob Font. He was a favorite going into that fight against Rob Font. I was all over Rob Font. By the way, I got a chance to meet Rob, Rob Font at a UFC event in Boston. They had a couple of members of the uh, New England cartel, and he was just great. Him and Calvin Cater, I spoke more with Cater, but great guy. They're looking to get on a card together before the end of the year, FYI. Um, but, you know, Yanis did, uh, apparently did not listen to his corner, and Font nuked him. Now, look at who Yanis has fought, right? Um, I think there's not that Martinez is a prolific wrestler, and I don't expect him to put on a singlet for this fight. But no one that Giannis has fought has taken him down or tried to take him down. And the level of competition that he fought is not great when you kind of dig into it. He went the distance with Davey Grant. I believe that was a split decision. <coughs> yeah, I think he actually lost a round against Costa before Costa death gas. <coughs> so I'm not shitting all over Giannis. He's a good boxer. Um, but I'm going with Martinez here. I, I like more. I think Martinez is more well-rounded and I think if he's smart and his coaches, um, you know, come up with a game plan, I think that Giannis is very beatable here. And I don't think this is <coughs> the fight that, you know, he's going to get back on track with. I don't see this as a back on track fight for Adrian Giannis. So I, I like Martinez here. <coughs> yeah. My, that, that strong take I was, I alluded to earlier was Jonathan Martinez. And a lot of it is just, you know, he's similar to Chris Gutierrez, the way that these guys throw the leg kicks. I think that's going to be a major issue in this fight. Whenever you see a boxer who can't really check a leg kick, and that's what I see in Adrian Yanez, I think his legs are going to get beat up. Then you add in that he can, that Martinez is likely the better grappler. Yanez has the path to victory if he can keep the range where he wants it and use his hands. I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's too much going against him. So I am about Jonathan Martinez. I think Martinez is viable in cash games. I think you play him in GPPs. I'll mix in a little bit of Giannis because the power in his hands, but not much. Honestly, I I, I like Jonathan Martinez uh, a fair amount in this fight, and I'm getting the discount on him. So that will be uh, my play for this one. Next up, we got a fight that I'm wondering if this is the fight you were leading, alluding to earlier about a popular dog. And I say that, because I'm all over the dog in this one. Andre Petrosky plus 170. Michelle Pereira minus 205. Petrosky 7,600. 
Pereira is 8,600. Joe, is this the one you were talking about, about a popular dog or no? Nice. No, it was not. But I, I, can, I, can see, I can see where you're going. So you got Michelle Pereira moving up a weight class. On paper, he's got 94% takedown defense. And I'm going to have everybody pause right there. And let me dig into the paper for a second because it, I I do the show with Monk, so a lot of times you know we talk we talk about stats and stats absolutely have their place, but there needs to be a background to the stats and and Monk knows that we dig into it all the time and this is one of those cases. All right, Santiago Ponzinibbio took him down. Okay, the other guys who he's fought. That's the only time I think he's been taken down, but Andre Fialho. A four-fight losing streak not only took down Tim Means, which is his only UFC takedown. Nico Price, not shooting takedowns. Chaos Williams, not shooting takedowns. Zalim Imadayev, not shooting takedowns. The ghost of Diego Sanchez, not getting takedowns. Tristan Connolly, not getting takedowns. Danny Roberts, striker. Is it like so the 94 takedown 94% takedown defense is questionable immediately to me. And Ponzinibbio just took him down. And he's moving up a weight class. And not to say he's gonna be small, because Herrera was a weight bully at 170. The dude was fucking huge. He might still be a little bit bigger than Petrovsky. They're going to be the same size, basically, though, is what we're getting at. So he's got fighting. He's fighting somebody bigger than he's used to fighting, an aggressive guy who is going to look to wrestle. Definitely the best wrestler he's fought. To me, this fight should be pick him, and I would always lean with the wrestler in that case. I don't – and Herrera, to his credit, he's cleaned up the, the bullshit, dancing around stuff he used to do that would drive me crazy – He's a decent fighter. He's a good fighter. I'm not saying he's a bad fighter. I just think stylistically and the weight move up, usually it takes a guy, you know, two fights to get that new weight class kind of corrected. Plus 170, I, I like the line Andre Petrovsky. I'm going to take the stab on it. Um, I think he's relatively safe for Kashkin because if he loses, it's probably because he gassed out and gets finished in the third and, you know, for underdog price, sure. And I think he's got 100-point upside here. So uh, I'm about Andre Petrovsky in this one. Probably one of my favorite plays on the card in terms of underdogs and i'm i'm just now getting around because anybody's heard me and, and you know joe I, I do my own thing first and then I, I tend to go around afterwards and listen and see okay well, who's going to be popular and figure out after that so i don't get caught in the echo chamber um i'm glad he's not going to be super popular and hopefully this works out to be uh, a solid play for him what do you got for this fight i think he's going to be more popular than you think because of the 11 fight card that we have um and i understand where you're going and i don't hate it i'm going to have shares of him as well my concern is that if he actually has to work too hard, meaning Petrovsky for his takedowns, that he could get nuked. Because I don't know if his wrestling advantage is more than Pereira's striking advantage. And that's the reason why my official pick is going to be Pereira. Um, although I, I certainly expect to have shares. But, you know, you called it. He's got a very solid floor. Although... This is all. There's another card. There's another wrestler on this card who might even have a higher floor, which is why I probably won't have as much, as much of of you know Petrovsky as I might, because there's another fighter on this card who's a wrestler that and an underdog that I think even has a better floor. So for that reason, you know, I'll have less shares, but I will have some. But as an official pick, I honestly think that Pereira is going to get it done. I think he's going to get it done by finish. Um, but you know, definitely target both sides of this fight. Let's move on to a fight that I can mention in the open. Thankfully, is still on Christian Rodriguez. He's minus 165, 8,400. The, the hype train derailer. 
against Raul uh, Rosas Jr. Taking on Cameron Simon, you could honestly take some of his hype too. Simon's got a bunch of hype. Plus 140, 7,800. I've been I've been calling for a spot to fade Cameron Simon since he got into the UFC. Joe, you're first. Is this it? Yeah, the prospect killer. Um, I, I I know that C-Rod used to train with Fight Ready, um, Santino and Eddie Cha. Um, I think he's now with Rufus Sport. Um, yeah, he, he was definitely the hype, the, the hype derailer, the prospect killer. Um, honestly, I think this fight should probably be a pick em, and that was before the weight miss. Um, did both guys miss weight, or was it just Salmon? I, no, just Rodriguez, I thought. Oh, it was Rodriguez, sure it was Rodriguez who missed weight? Yeah, he missed weight by four pounds. Second okay, straight wow. Well, I, you know, I, I, I actually like that because if you miss weight by four pounds at that weight class, you probably didn't try. You didn't kill yourself. Like if you miss weight by half a pound or a pound, that's what I don't like to see at the lower weight classes. If you miss weight by four pounds, he probably realized the night or maybe even the day before that he was not going to make weight. And he's just like, that's it. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to kill myself to cut. So I like him a little more for that reason. I honestly see this as a pick Um, I'm not really sure which way to go here. Um, I guess I'll lean Rodriguez just based on recent form. Um, tough guy. You know, he looked really good in his last fight. Knowing that he didn't kill himself to make weight makes me like him a little more. So I'm going to pick Rodriguez to win. But I'll have a few shares of, of, <laughs> of Salmon here. Yeah, I, I'm on the Rodriguez side as well, and it's not super confident pick here. But I, I, I've been calling. I, I don't. I think Cameron Simon is overrated. You know, he's got that win over uh, Terrence Mitchell, which who cares? And is my, my, my thought. Uh, you know, the majority decision win against um, Mana Martinez, then he beat Stephen Kozlov. Like I just, I don't think he's that great. I think there are holes there. I think Rodriguez is a solid fighter. Probably a little better grappler. I think Simon's the more explosive fight. If anybody's going to land a big knockout, it's probably Simon. I think Simon's got hits a little harder, is a little more aggressive, whereas Rodriguez is the more polished fighter. Uh, so Simon is live for that reason in, in on DraftKings and GPPs. And the weight miss, I don't really know what to make of it. It's kind of scaring me away. And, you know, is what well, is minus 160. I'm kind of just staying away from this the, the, from a betting perspective. I don't. It just it scares me off of it a little bit much a little bit um and it's a little bit like i said it should be a pick em. it's just too much juice to lay because if i was going to bet aside it would be rodriguez so i mean depending how how many drinks i've had and how my night's going maybe i'll i'll fire off something live as as, as the fight's going but i think you know rodriguez more polished simon more explosive at this stage in their careers i'll take the more polished guy and that'll be my pick to win the fight Let's move on to the damage. Motherfucking damage. Darren Elkins, he's plus 150, taking on TJ Brown. Elkins, 7,400. Brown is 8,800. Um, this this is this could get sad to watch. Every Darren Elkins fight is just potential to be a tragedy at this point. His best quality is his toughness, and he beat the ever-loving snot out of me. The guy who's been around this long, this many, this much... Uh, mileage on the fight tires. Like at any point, the wheels are going to come off. And even if he stays alive, I just don't think he's, if he survives again, it's just, I think it's just bad times. And if he fought TJ Brown three, four years ago when Brown would gas himself out looking for finishes and go crazy, I think Darren Elkins would be live to win this fight. 
I've seen improvement from TJ Brown. I don't think he's that guy anymore. I think it's a good fight for him. I don't think Elkins is going to be able to wrestle him. The path to victory Elkins has is that if he shoots a takedown and TJ Brown's a good grappler, if TJ Brown fishes for a submission and gets comfortable off his back, which we've seen occasionally, I just don't think he's that fighter anymore. That's when that's your path to victory in my mind, it's a problem because on the feet, I think he gets hurt. He needs he needs to do what Darren Elkins does, and that's take a beating, drag the guy into deep waters and finish him. I just don't think TJ Brown is that guy anymore. So TJ Brown's the pick and probably a strong play in all formats. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so aside from a questionable haircut, <clears throat> TJ Brown has got one additional thing Super going questionable. For him. Yeah, um, he has the innate ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, I'm going to ride with the damage one more time here. And uh, this is the dog I like, the wrestler, who I think has a very solid form. buddy. Um, I'm going with the dog here. I actually like him better than I like Petrosky. 7.4K. <laughs> um, you use uh, – I like uh, Barbosa first. I like uh, I like uh, Elkin second. You put these two guys in a lineup, you can actually do quite a bit. Um, you know, so I'm going to go with Elkins here. I'm going to take a I'm going to take a ride with the damage train one more time. I think he will wear him down, and where TJ has the ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, Elkins has an innate ability to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. So. Um, I'm going to, again, I'm, I'm riding the Elkins train here. God bless and Godspeed. I'm going to have a little, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Next fight up, let's talk about start talking about these super questionable 9K fighters. Tainera Lisboa, minus 325, 9,400 on DK. Ravina Oliveira, plus 260, 6,800 on DK. And, and I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing too much shade at, at Lisboa. She's just a young UFC fighter taking on somebody who probably shouldn't be in the UFC. So it's just – it's going to be a long night. It's just how much do you invest in these fighters? Joe, who you got? your first. Yeah, so <laughs> I have Lisboa here. Um, Thank God, because I don't know how I would have recovered from that opening if you yeah, had picked all of that. I have Lisboa here. I just think she's more accomplished. Um you know, again, I have no idea why Ravina is is in the UFC. I guess this is Brazil versus Brazil. Yeah, uh, this is almost a Vaseline fight or a V-metric fight. Um, you know, you were going to say that. Yeah, right. Um, so I think um, you know she she has a good win, uh, rear naked choke against Jessica Rose Clark, um, round three. I, I, you know, look, <laughs> I don't know that either one of these is, is going to be around for a long time in the UFC. However, uh, we need to pick a winner here. And I think that, um, you know, so look, she's 32 years old. So neither, you know, she's not young, but she does have a four fight win streak. Um, I, I'm, I'm picking her here. Now, what kind of DraftKings play is she going to make? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I think I would rather pay up a um, hundred bucks more for McKinney uh, than you know ninety four hundred for Lisboa. So in an eleven fight card, by the way, I like I love her nickname, Lisboa. You know what her nickname is? I do the not. High Panther. What an awesome nickname! 
a Brazilian with a nickname called of the Thai Panther. I'm not hating on it. I absolutely love that nickname. So I'm going to go Lisboa here, and I think she could be an actually good contrarian play um, because I don't think, you know, even, again, an 11-fight card, there's going to be a, a fair amount of ownership across the board. But I, I think that – I don't think that she's going to be as owned as, you know, as McKinney. I think there's fighters under her that are going to be higher owned. So I think as a, as a contrarian play, because we I, I really don't expect much out of Oliveira. Um, so if we get a similar performance um, that against just that she had against Jessica, Jessica Rose Clark, maybe sooner, I think she's a sneaky play. Um, you know, I'm not uber confident about it, but as a pivot, I'm going to have some lineups with Lisboa. I don't expect to have much with Ravina, if any. I still haven't decided how many lineups I'm playing all in. But uh, if I'm doing only 20, I'm, I'm not going to have any, if maybe one, lineup with Ravina. So give me Lisboa here. I don't have a ton to add. But Lisboa was just better everywhere. And I I'll, I might punch some Oliveira because dogs in low-level fights check. And dogs in women's MMA fights have been checked. I'm not, I'm not going to let Oliveira beat me. But luckily, DraftKings, I don't have to play a whole lot to be over the field. You want to tell me she's a viable cash punt? I would say sure. I'd rather play her in cash than, than Lisboa just because then I can pay up for some other cool shit. But for the most part, this fight's a stay away in most places. And I don't want to dedicate too much time past it to that. Especially we are through these fights. Especially we have this one to talk about. We're, yeah, we're not an hour and a half podcast here. We 45 minutes, an hour, knocked through it. Awesome. Some good times. I am hungry. Not that I couldn't afford to miss a meal, but I am definitely hungry. <laughs> Nah, it's crazy times, Joe. you got to enjoy your meals. True that. And we skipped the last fight because we got Terrence McKinney, who's minus 550, and Brandon Marat, who's plus 410. Uh, McKinney, 9,500. Marat is 6,700. Look, McKinney fights are DraftKings gold. You just have to figure out what side to be on. In this case, I don't think it's too hard to figure out what side to be on. It's his. He's the UFC caliber fighter, um, period. Marat. I don't know why he's in the UFC. He took a short notice call, um, and he was ready. I know um, why. I'll tell you why after you're done. All right, all right. I'm interested to hear that. Uh, McKinney, by the way, is just – Marat is live. I can't totally fade him because the way McKinney fights, he leaves openings. But he's so aggressive. He's a skilled fighter. He can grapple. I'm fine paying a 9,500 on a, this 11-fight card with some other questionable 9K fighters. Huge ceiling. I'll mix in a little Marat, which McKinney is – the better fighter, just all around the better fighter, better striker, more aggressive, more power, I think better grappling. He just leaves openings, and that's what you have to account for um, both in betting and, and DraftKings betting. For that reason, there's too much juice in McKinney. I'll just stay away. and I'll actually probably – I'm going to look at what the uh, under half a round prop is, see if it gets some plus money there, but I still don't think I will. So Nick McKinney's the play, and I'm not going to overthink it. Joe, why why is Brendan Murat in the He United? is a member of the New England cartel. And those guys yeah. are tough as fuck. Um, the other reason is uh he is he has actually a pretty long career when you factor in amateur, has never been knocked out, and the only time he was ever finished was in his actually first amateur fight, uh <laughs> rear naked choke back in 2016. So seven years ago, when he was 19 years old. In his first fight, he got finished by a rear naked choke. Other than that, he has never been finished in amateur or pro. He's a member of the New England cartel, which means he trades with 
trains with Font and Cater. And he's a tough guy. So they figured, you know what? We're going to let McKinney beat on you for a while. Um, if you could get through the first round, you know, it might not be a bad live betting opportunity. But he's, you know, he's taking the fight on short notice. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, he's going to get another fight or two with the UFC. So there's really no downside for him. Um, that's why he's in the that's why he's in the UFC. Uh, I like McKinney here. I mean, I think it, I mean, it, there's obviously a lot of risk when you're paying up nine point to 9.5K and you got a fighter that is pretty much an early round or bust winner. But I do like him to get the finish early. I just think he is more athletic. He's got a speed advantage. Uh, he's got obviously got a power advantage. Uh, and, you know, this is a fight for him to win. So give me McKinney here. I hope he doesn't hurt. Um, Marat too badly, and I'd be curious to see how Marat looks in his next fight. Let's go ahead and talk about somebody else we thought was going to lose their UFC debut and turned us turned it all around. Arena Alexeva, Russian Ronda. This is what I'm going to call her the rest of the podcast. She's plus 125. Melissa Dixon, minus 150, 8,600. Uh, Joe, you are first for, for this one. I don't want to steal any women's MMA thunder. Russian yeah, so, yeah, so I am not on the uh, RR this fight. I'm on Dixon here. Um, not a fight that I absolutely love, um, but Dixon has got a, a, a more accomplished career. She's fought better fighters. Um, you know, I'm surprised with all the women's fights they have on this card. It's really kind of interesting to me. Um, maybe, maybe because there's not a lot of women's fights coming up. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I believe the Russian Ronda got Stephanie Yeager, Yeager in a knee bar, which was a bad luck for mm -hmm. Stephanie Yeager. But look, again, Dixon is not a young fighter. You know, she's 5-0 and at 32 years old, um, although she has had a pretty long amateur career. Um, yeah, actually, not that long, going back to 2018, and she's had some losses. But all in, um, you know, her competition has been slightly better. Uh, I think she's got a little bit more of a polished game here. Um, I am not giving a, a ringing endorsement, but I do think that, and, and I kind of like her nickname too, No Mess, Melissa Dixon, No Mess. Um, so let me go with No Mess, Melissa Dixon over the Russian Ronda Rousey. Um, not a ringing endorsement, but um, I'll have some exposure to this fight because you really don't know what's going to happen here. I'll go a little more aggressive on Melissa Dixon. Uh, Irini, uh, uh, Russian Ronda, Alexeva. Caught an opportunity submission. Good honor, skilled submission artist. I just, you run that fight 20 times, Stephanie Yeager wins 18 of them. My opinion. I think, I mean, that's probably a little bit of hyperbole, but I think she's a better fighter. Just Russian Ronda found the opening and did it. Great. Run it, let's let's start fresh. Melissa Dixon, better striker. It's going to move forward. I think she's the better wrestler, more likely to end up on top and has good good ground and bound. I kind of think Alexeva is limited to if Dixon has UFC jitters and kind of stares stares at her in the mirror for a little bit, and Alexeva can keep it at range and maybe use some kicks and the boring slow fight, or if she catches a submission. I think those are her paths to victory again. I think Dixon is a slicker striker, going to move forward. More likely to wrestle. I like the line in her minus 150. I think you can consider that for a bet. I like her on DraftKings because women's MMA. I think she'll be a little under owned being in the mid 8Ks as a women's MMA favorite. I like Dixon in this fight. Um, and that's where I'm, I'm going to go with that. I just I think she's better. And 
we're talking a little bit of uh, recency bias with the Russian Ronda sub. <clears throat> Let's move on to another leg kicker. Leg kicks all around. Chris Gutierrez, minus 270. Haile Alateng, or Alateng Haile, depending on where it's listed and how. I can't figure the Chinese names out anymore. Uh, plus 220, 7,200 on DraftKings. But Chris, so Alateng Haile, Haile Alateng, I don't even know. I'm like, it's just going to be all twisted because I'm going to go with Tapology for now. I know I wrote it one way. Tapology says Alateng Haile. All right, and I'm looking it up over here real quick because it was Hani Yaya. Hani Yaya pulls out of this fight. Now you get Chris Gutierrez. That is a giant, oh, fuck. You're asking me, like, those are two way, way different fighters. Like, to win that fight, Haile Alateng would have to be training grappling, stopping takedowns, landing better strikes. Uh, in this fight against Chris, Chris Gutierrez, I, I don't really know how he wins. I think maybe he'll need takedowns, because at range, I think Chris Gutierrez is going to leg kick his leg into the first goddamn rope. Like, I don't know. This is going to be ugly on the feet, I think. Gutierrez is the better striker. I think he's got better defensive wrestling than Halateng Ailey has. And unless four-ounce gloves and that puncher's chance come into play, I don't see how Chris Gutierrez loses this fight. I think this is a really bad short-notice replacement for Halateng Ailey. And I like Chris Gutierrez. 9K is a little sketchy, but luckily he's got, you know, Lisboa in that range and, and Ducote, who we're going to talk about in a second, like, I'll just go ahead and place in Chris Gutierrez because those are my other options. So uh, pretty confident in the pick. Fine parlay piece, in my opinion. Joe, what do you got? So, Wally, uh, Hai Lang, Hai Li, training out of the capital of Mongolia, which most people don't know is actually Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Fight Ready, who seems to have the market cornered on Mongolian fighters. Um, Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, At least he comes from a good camp. Look, Gutierrez was a, a minus 200 favorite and came up very flat against Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Munoz is is a, a good fighter, so don't get me wrong. I think I might have actually been on Munoz or had shares of Munoz, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, he he came up flat in this fight. This is a, a sort of a – I'm not going to say a layup for him, but this is no Pedro Munoz. Um, I think while tough, um, I think he could put him away late. Uh, meaning Gutierrez can and work those leg kicks and just kind of beat up on the legs. And when Ali Tang is impaired, just kind of put him away late. Um, don't know how that's going to correlate to scoring, um, but I, I am going to pick Gutierrez here to win relatively comfortably. Yeah, I think nothing there's anything much, much more to say in that fight. So let's move on to the first fight of the night, last fight we're going to cover, Ashley Yoder, the Spider Monkey. She's plus 310, 6,100. Taking on Emily Ducote, minus 400, 9,300. Uh, yeah, you want to pay that minus 400 juice on, on Emily Ducote? I mean, Joe, help us out with this one. Yeah, so that is uh, not a super flattering photo of Ashley Yoder. She actually looks better than that. Um, again, I referred to her as. Yeah, that's what the UFC posted. I grabbed these from yeah. UFC.com. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know who sent in what message. I've actually referred to her, Ashley Yoder, as Caitlin Curran 2.0. Um, because of the, uh, you know, the five losses that she has, um, you know, and has not gotten cut, uh, from maybe the that's what your day. face looks like after five losses. I don't yeah. Know. And she's been off, she's been off for a while too. So look, I, I was thinking maybe like Yoder could hop on, they do call her the spider monkey. Maybe could hop on Dakota's back, but honestly, I think Dakota is just too good for that. Um, now again, 
she's priced up pretty high, Dakota. <laughs> I don't know that. Again, I see this as another pivot off of uh, other fighters. And again, there's ownership is going to be spread around when there's only 11 fights. And, you know, I guess the, the you know, the Cayman Rodriguez fight is still on. Um, haven't heard that that's, that's off. Um, so assuming we do have 11 fights, ownership is still going to be spread around. Um, you know, Dakota could be a good pivot off of like McKinney or, you know, even Gutierrez, I suppose. Um, but I'll take Dakota here. I actually like her more as a parlay piece than I do as a DraftKings play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. I think she's better everywhere. You don't want to pay that price on DraftKings. Same, I think Yoder's live to just some random submission. I think Ducati's the better striker, more likely to end up on top, just just better. And I'll have a you know that minimal, probably that mandatory if I'm GPP, if I'm MMEing 5% Yoder, maybe, just because women and craziness. And it's eleven. It's eleven fight. It's eleven fights in the card, so I got a little bit more. So maybe she ends up even a couple ticks higher than that, but no more than ten. Ducote's preferred play, and again, I, it's one of those fights. There's not too much to say. She's just she's just better in this case. So what does that leave us to? Kill shots, guys. If you're not familiar with kill shots, they're an under-owned play on DraftKings. Typically, Joe is allowed to give out a parlay because that's his deal. That's what he does. So something unexpected, very minimum plus money, we think will happen to help you cash on DraftKings, cash a big bet, any of that good stuff before we dive into them. Do me a favor real quick, smash that like button for me. Try to get this to be the most viewed podcast we've had in a long time as we lead into the big pay-per-view next week. Appreciate everybody who tunes in week after week. Jill, thank you again for, for joining me before we get into the kill shots. And Let's talk about them. I'll let you go first. Guess guess first. What do you got for a kill shot? So I'll give you a kill shot and a parlay. I mean, my, my kill shot cool. is is Darren Elkins uh, to win by finish. And my parlay, again, I'm going for – I'm not going for chalk here. Um, you know, there are guys out there that I, I would recommend that you subscribe to um, if you're looking for, you know, very analytical and well-thought-out parlays. I'm looking for leverage. And what I think is going to give you a lot of leverage in a parlay would be Edson Barbosa and Darren Elkins. So um, if you parlay those two guys up, it's going to pay pretty well. Definitely. Um, yep. So that's my parlay. My kill shot is is Elkins by by finish. I'm going to go more more standard. You know what mine is? I talked the underdog. I talked about the most. I like Andre Petrovsky. Watching tape, I just I see Don't him win in this fight. Don't that is where I'm going to go for the kill shot. So that's what we got for UFC Vegas 81. One last request to hit that like button. One more thank you to our guy, Sun Tzu. Make sure you use all those links down there below. You join up at DFS Army if you're not already. And I'll see you guys in the Discord. We'll talk more fights. You get access to all of our cheat sheets and all of that good, good stuff. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter. Add Sun Tzu. A lot of funny shit from that account. Always a good time. You need to publish the V Matrix if like... Yeah, I'll have to get I'll have to get back into the V matrix. And one 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 yeah. further point about UFS uh, DFS Army. Um, look at the if you guys haven't visited in a while, check out the website. I mean, my God has has Kevin um, and the programmers put some time into that website. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't play a lot outside of MMA. I dabble in college football. I dabble in NBA, but it's just so easy to navigate. I love using the cheat sheets um, just because I do have a day job that's quite uh, stressful. And, 
you know, I sometimes like to just get a little bit of action in and use the cheat sheets to help me build my lineups. And I've definitely won money. It's a great value. Again, I'm not shilling for, um, uh, I don't have a code to give you. I'm not going to get like part of your monthly membership fee or anything. So I'm just telling you my experience using the DFS Army website. Um, so go check it out. Go check it out. It's it's really it's really great. All sports. Appreciate that. Appreciate the hookup from Joe. Always love talking fights with you guys. That's what we got for UFC Vegas 81. Good luck in whatever contest you're playing. Uh, I am will not be around next week. It's going to be Monk, and I think I believe the FS Army members will know Vince from Discord is going to who's been doing some cheat sheets the last little while. He's going to make his podcast debut next week awesome. for a big pay-per-view card. Uh, members, I will be around. I'm going to be on a boat, so I'm not going to be able to stream a call, but you'll have my notes and picks and plays and articles and all that good stuff will still be available for the pay-per-view. Not not totally abandoning everybody. So that's it for UFC Vegas 81 pay-per-view next week. Good luck on those contests, and I'll see you next time. Peace, everyone.